Greetings, Alchemist. Welcome back, everybody, to the Film Alchemist podcast, the show where we break apart the movies we love to find out what gives them their magic. Joined, as always, in my never-ending war between heaven and hell, my friend and co-host, Alex Dandino. (laughs) Uh, So this week, we are still going to hell. The pod goes to hell month. Uh, We have landed on a little gym, 1995, The Prophecy. Now, this is not Prophecy with the mutant bears, right? The eco uh, warning. I wish it was that movie, too, because I love both. But this is The Prophecy with Christopher Walken proper. Uh, This movie is the war between heaven and hell. But imagine that the archangel Gabriel, who slaughtered all those folks, never quite lost the taste for it. And then you make him played by Christopher Walken. How can you not like that already? Yeah, it's basically Gabriel gets super pissed that God loves humans. And he's like, you know what? Fuck y'all. He comes back for us. <laughs> Man, fuck you. It'd be like if you hired someone to kill all the bugs in your house. And then you said, can you stop that and then take them home and be friends with them and supervise them? And he's like, <laughs> no, no, I can't. Uh, yeah, so this is an IMDb rated 6.5 solid rating. Rotten Tomatoes, 43. Pretty fucking low for what you got, guys. Come on. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah. So, we actually start off with a monologue shot. Um, I call this opening shot with Eric Stoltz standing over the winged skeleton. Um, It reminds me of a Creed music video that they titled (laughs) The War. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And essentially, they go into a lot of this uh, heaven and hell. They're still fighting. It's a fight. It's a fight. This is also a voice in there. <laughs> this is also a very popular pose throughout the movie for all angels is like perched on something. Doesn't matter what it is. It the could, very weird, uncomfortable bird perch. It's like yeah. I get it, they have wings. Like half that's not like halfway through the first act, Uziel <laughs> shows up and he's perched on like a traffic cone or something. I'm like, why? Why are we doing this? Like Yeah, that's true. Co- completely <laughs> unnecessarily, he's like perched on this. Uh, like it's like a it's like a tra- cro- like traffic like no crossing thing. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? It's to let you know that they're light as feathers. Uh, uh, no, actually, but this movie. All right, so you get past the Creed music video and Eric Stoltz just looking like we'll get into Eric Stoltz. He essentially plays the worst guy in every dorm floor, <laughs> like the guy who has the Boondock Saints outfit, and then he like he found one book on philosophy and yeah. like. You know, his weed dealer's house, and now he's so deep. He's cool. the guy who listens to Grateful Dead and also oh, no. reads, like, Plato and Aristotle's The Poetics and watched, like, yeah, watched The Boondock Saints, but then Blue Velvet, like, 40 times in a row. <laughs> that is a bit. Ve- See, that is a hyper-specific description of this guy. Uh, <laughs> but then we jump from the Creed video into a church, and this opening scene is actually badass. Yeah, it's really good. So what we actually. have, we have a bunch of priests that are getting confirmed, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, what's his name? Elias Codius? Elias, Codius? I think it's Coteus, but I was, you know, Codius works too. Yeah, so he's about to get confirmed, but he's got these cool monologues, right? Where he talks about this concept of how people lose faith from not seeing things. He's like, "What if you lost faith because you saw too much?" Right. And we cut to these awesome fucking cutaway shots of these angels right and they're fucking big huge awesome wings mm-hmm. but they're being kind of torn asunder it's almost like a blood orgy scene um and he starts having like a panic attack and he he can't get confirmed as a priest so then i just <laughs> i fucking love this 
we cut to chain smoking detective yeah. and i was like yeah yeah fuck yeah that's exactly what i want uh, I, I thought that too i actually wrote down i'm like elias coteus from chain like from priest to chain smoking detective what a transition like when you get out of the seminary you're like fuck i'm not gonna be a priest now well detective's the next best thing i guess and it's all about fighting evil for this guy. He's also, an ultimate good guy. <laughs> for being at 1995, and this is Elias Cote's post Casey Jones, could they have saddled him with two of the worst possible wigs ever in the history of movies? <laughs> like his, like his priest hair. You're like, oh fuck, that's terrible. And then like his, his, his like. 1995 over like over swooped 1995 hair i'm like you know what i like horrible. the i like the hair pieces because i think he wears it as an actual affront to god <laughs> like look at what you did to me you took away my beauty certainly a front to my eyes that's for sure yeah your body's a temple right you shouldn't sacrifice or uh <laughs> defa- defile it and he's like fuck you i'm putting this rug on so right. every day when you're looking down from heaven you're just gonna see what what was once my beautiful head <laughs> No, uh, I don't know, man. This movie has great quotes all the time, too. Like, I, I actually wrote down a bunch, but I love the line he says. He was always troubled by this verse in the Bible where it's, uh, even now, some angels carry savage weapons. Right. And I was like, that's fucking great. Because that, that's one of those things. You put in a great line like that. And, you know, if you're doing the Bible thing, go all in. Yeah. And so they showed us this cool angel orgy scene. And then they give us these quotes, so then your brain is overactively building that scene based on the angel carnage we just saw. So they do a lot of that stuff I like. Um, They do cut to the angel fight (laughs) after this. So we find out Eric Stoltz is an angel, which I think we assume right away. Right. Well, because he does um, does that very trendy Creed perch again. uh, Yeah. It's kind of like if Creed were in the Matrix. That's what all the angels look like. And uh, so the the angel jumps in and they start what is maybe one of the wimpiest fights. Like at one point I was like, the, the other angel's finishing move that eventually kills Eric Stoltz is a scratch. Yeah. Like he scratches him on the chest like, meow. Wait, but my favorite. <laughs> they do throw each other around and the angel gets jacked up on the car. That's cool. That scene though where he crashes through the window is like one of my favorite, is now one of my all time like favorite moments is like, uh, Eric Stoltz is like what looking around and then he senses it and he starts running towards the window and the guy literally just and he falls. Sniffs. That's the thing before he runs. He's, <laughs> he's like, of course. And it's, so it's Uziel. The, I smell uh, licorice. It's Uziel. Who's, uh, uh, is it Gabriel's Lieutenant? Is that who it is? Yeah. He's one of his sycophants. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. But the line he says though is, is cool. Cause it lets us in on a lot. Right. Which is you found him. Yeah. You can't keep him from us. So we're trying to figure out what that is. That becomes the impetus of the movies, right? So, uh, it's so I don't understand because then we cut around to some other weird stuff, right? We have some we have some moments where now we're dealing with Cody is in the coroner trying to figure out what the fuck is happening with this dead angel body. That coroner scene is they're, they're so insanely, great, right? Because this is the thing. I'm like a coroner in New York has probably seen some shit, right? Right. So I would imagine they're hard to to ruffle. But when he starts taking this body apart, there are things that you're like, that hat, come on. Come on. Yeah. This can't just be like another, like, look at this crazy Jamook. (laughs) He's so unrattled by the fact that, like, the guy doesn't show age. He has, and this is the thing. It's it's the exact opposite of Kevin Smith, right? It's not that they have no genitals, they have both. Yeah. So I was like, (laughs) I love the thought that Uziel's like, 
I'm going down to earth. I don't know if I'm gonna have to fuck my way out of a hard situation. <laughs> I gotta be. Prepared. But I'm not going in underprepared. I gotta be prepared for both scenarios. You never know. The, that is, if I have to fuck, I'm fucking. <laughs> it's just like one of those great. <laughs> it's one of those great like that corner guy who's been in a ton of movies, by the way. He has like a wisecrack for every single weird thing he so he sees. He goes, "Yeah, he doesn't have any eyes." Well, yeah, he probably fell out, uh, got hit by the you know the radiator. No, he literally has no eyes, like he has no muscles or anything in there. Oh, well, and then we got his blood work back. It's a blah, 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 I blah. love that. I love that the guy. So the angel's getting ready, right? He's in like the white room of the Matrix. He's like, "Give me the dick and the pussy." No eyes. You though. never know who you'll have to fuck. Eyeballs. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'll get those cool professional glasses. Just, yeah, just get me those Leon the professional glasses. I'll be set. <laughs> Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, like. So wait, so you have both genitals, so in case you have to like pass, you're cool. But you just, I'll skip the eyeballs. How hard is it to add the eyeballs? <laughs> add the fucking eyeballs. The be- And then, uh, what what else? I wrote something else down. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, of course. And then he has the handwritten Bible. Oh, God, yeah. That's the coolest thing. And this is the other thing. The doctor's like, yeah, it's the oldest Bible ever. Weird, huh? Doesn't even rattle him. Yeah. This guy is so not into his job, right? He's just like, don't, don't emote. Don't emote or your whole world crashes down. Just get home to the leftover meatloaf. <laughs> I love. And he's just like he's just like take the Bible, take crime scene shit. It's funny. yeah. I love the. I love the, he's like constantly setting some, himself up while he's writing down notes. He goes, "Yeah, it's normal blood. If you're an aborted fetus, idiot, <laughs> burn." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, uh, God. you know he he's the fucking wild man of the yeah." <laughs> He's the wild man who goes out and like just gets hammered at the bar, goes home, and just makes that lonely Stouffer's French bread pizza. And he's like, "Oh God, my life! <laughs> what have I done?" Like he really yeah. is like, it, it, it's an amazing, it's an amazing like setup scene. I'm like, "Fuck, dude! Why isn't this in every single Angel movie where they're examining a body and it's an angel and they're like, nah, whatever, who knows?" Yeah. I mean, just the fact that he found a person that has a pussy and a dick, and that doesn't seem to rattle him. No, He's no. just like, like ah, eh, this would be good for some chucks. <laughs> you want to see the other hermaphrodite? We got three more in the back. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so, so you get past the wacky corner and this and that. Uh, we learned that the Bible has an extra chapter, right? Yeah. And this is where the war has never stopped. That the angels still war. This is the thing. So half the angels warred against Lucifer. That's not the war. Right. Per se. Now there's a war within heaven that they must learn to conquer the other angels to conquer us. This part's a little convoluted to me. Well, basically. I don't know. I just know that they hate the humans and want us gone. Well, I get it. I mean, the idea is that, I mean, to me, like when I was watching it, my wife, my wife keeps walking in while I'm watching these movies and she's like, what the fuck are you watching? So this one, she walked in she goes, is that Christopher Walken? I'm like, yeah. She goes, what the fuck is this? I'm like, eh, it's essentially the more serious version of dogma. Like his complaint and his issue with humanity is the exact same <laughs> as uh, Bartleby's in, uh, right. in dogma. Yeah, I wrote this down. The the movie does this. The this main tenet is that Walken and them are mad about essentially what we have that they don't, which is a soul. Yeah, which seems like such an unusual like. You're better than us. You can like make people burst into flames, and you can sit on traffic cones. Like you have dicks and <laughs> pussies. What the fuck do you need a soul for? I got a soul. It's not doing me any good. Right. Um. But this is the section of the movie where we start hanging lanterns. Which is a screenwriting term we talk about occasionally on the show, right? It's where you know the audience is going to have a question, right? Like a nagging question right. that would unravel the whole movie. So you shine a light on it and just have a character just out with it, right? 
And so this is where through the Bible and this and that and uh, Thomas's old, you know, seminary training comes in where they, they just start hanging lanterns galore, right? Which is, um, 20, you know, like, why, why, why doesn't God just stop all this? Right. Right. If there's like a war and he's killing God's people, why not stop that? And they just go, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to. And that covers it. Yeah. It's actually it. a brilliant, it's a brilliant strategy, right? Because there's some guys just like, I have this badass idea I want to do about an angel tracking down an evil soul because he wants an evil soul, right? Instead of a good soul, he wants an evil soul to do bad with. And he's like, I'm not going to let a little thing like logic right. get in the way. Because I used to work as a screenplay analyst. I know you've done that too. Yeah. And this is the thing that like little, you know, bitch ass readers, they can't wait to just rip this apart and feel like they're so smart. Like, well, I know much more about the Bible. God's all powerful. He'd stop this. And the screenwriter's just like, fuck you. Lantern. <laughs> Yeah, this whole thing is like, you're right. Like, they hang these lanterns around, and it's like, well, that's the way it is because, well, that's the way it is. You're like, well, I oddly accept that because this movie is fucking insane. But it's still great. Like, all those little hanging lanterns are still awesome because they're kind of not, yes, they're kind of illogical. And it's sort of one of those things where it's like, uh, that, like, two and two are not adding up to four. But the, the core sum of the movie is not being corrupted by the fact that these things are not being explained to me. Like, God, no, I mean, there, there, there's like a great one, right? Where Walken's just like, he's like, wait, why are you doing this? Blah, blah, blah. And, and Walken's just like, you'll never understand. And it's like, okay, now we don't have to try. Yeah, we great. don't even have to try to like justify okay. why Gabriel's mad about souls and this and that. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing, right? They, they did a math in a way, which is we have so much badass. But these kind of like bigger questions that plague all of religion, right? Right. Like, you know, even in today's world, hey, why are uh, little kids allowed to get thrown in cages and shit if there's a God? Hot take. Well, you'll never understand him. You'll never understand him. Burn. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's that's the religious thing is like, he works in mysterious ways. Like, a lot of bad screenwriters, including myself, have written that line, <laughs> right? <laughs> Whether trying to be ironic or snarky or whatever the fuck. But to me, it works in this movie as a very clever defense against trying to yank. Because this is the thing. This movie is kind of just like a fun, badass uh, chase movie, right? Yeah. No, it's a good why, religious why horror chase movie. Why let these like bigger concepts muddy what is just kind of a fun action flick? Right. Well, like the, th the two things that I – there's one – there are two things I honed in on is A – Simon, who's played by Eric Stoltz, might be the biggest piece of shit in the entirety of religion because <laughs> he 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 finds this okay he finds this evil soul. So it's this evil soul essentially that's supposed to tip the balance in the war. And not only this, he wanders into a church that's empty and makes out with this soul. Right. We don't even know that there's a reason he's doing it. We have to assume, but you're like, oh man, college douche is really getting aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> so Gabriel. So Simon takes his soul. Gabriel's looking for this soul because it's the one that's going to like tip him over the edge. And also, yeah, you find out that the, the, the soul of this guy, is he is a tremendous piece of shit. Like, I feel like they were like pitching ideas of, like what a terrible person someone could be. And they're like, well, it can't just be a rapist because, I mean, it's rape, you know, like they're like trying to figure out what if he was a rapist who also tortured and murdered everyone? Nah, it's not quite as good. What if he was a rapist during the Korean War? Nah, maybe let's lose the rape thing. Let's make him <laughs> a Korean but War. But what they do, though, the, the war thing is kind of funny, though, right? Because it's an angel who has wiped out entire cities and this and that. They need – we're so devious right. and far enough from God that we create 
whores and torches right, and that that's they like can't a wrap huge their thing. mind around. And that's a cool concept, it right? Is, is it's that very interesting. That's like, and and the movie almost highlights that is what our soul is, right? Is right. That, uh, what's they the come difference after between us humanity. and the angels? We can be deviant, more deviant and horrible. Right. They come after the humans who have free will, who are able to do whatever they want, which is literally like the worst thing. So this guy ends up being like a murdering cannibal who was also a Korean war vet who like totally got away with it, which is terrifying. And he finds like he has like this locked box that Elias Coteas opens up and it's just got like korean guys faces in it which is totally terrifying oh yeah like that part i was like "Ooh, this is you know it's actually the most terrifying part about anything that happens in this small town are you gonna say the little girl never never have i been so sure that a little girl was about to become a victim of a predator as when eric stoltz was trying to convince her to hang out with him yeah it is for an angel he puts off the biggest creep vibe and then he's like can you keep a secret yeah what the fuck present for you and you're like Bad verbiage. Exactly. You've been around long enough. That is bad verbiage. That's the thing that I was just like, holy shit. Like, so, yeah, this is why Simon. And then they Eric even Stoltz, play it. Like, later the teacher and the cop even think that she's been. Exactly. They play it up like like <laughs> she's like, I can't tell the secret because Simon told me not to. I'm like, oh, dude, are they all thinking that he fucked her? Because that's really uncool. But, like, reg- yeah. regardless, though, Simon, Simon, you're lampooning your whole mission by playing the part of a rapist. <laughs> but regardless, you're a diddler. Simon, regardless, ends up being kind of a diddler regardless because he's a huge creep. He did. That's true. He totally fucking kissed the girl and gave her this horrible evil uh, spirit inside her and you're like ooh, what the fuck man? in a way he puts an unwanted old man in her yeah i mean really That's true. this is on a be- different level but that is disgusting on a different level eric stoltz ends up being a diddler in this movie like simon is also, not absolved. for an angel what a cowardly piece of shit yeah. thing to do you can't just hold on to that soul motherfucker what a piece so either that girl's gonna get killed by gabriel or she seemingly is gonna have a horrible kind of psychosis and be taken over by this horrible old murderer which she ends up so doing in that really, scene it really makes gabriel kind of a piece of shit which she very en- much like the scott stappen creed yeah which she ends up <laughs> doing anyways because in that scene where she's like well he told me it was a secret she like leans her head down and then gets possessed by the old man like you ever seen a chinaman bleed i'm like good lord we are going for this aren't we like this is a terrible terrible angel who totally deserved his anti-resurrection <laughs> or whatever whatever but right, you know. But again, the real star of this movie to me, though, is easily is for sure Christopher Walken because Christopher Walken, despite the plot or anything, puts on one of the best Christopher Walken performances of all it's time. One of the all time best Walken performances. It's incredible. See, it does everything. It's charm. It's funny, but it's also sinister. Oh yeah. It's it's off center, which is what he's really good at. He just puts you off kilter. That um, I wrote down. He he's kind of plays like an old racist. Yeah, right. He's constantly calling us monkeys, and you imagine if this movie was made today, like remade, he'd be wearing a "Make Heaven Great Again" hat. (laughs) (laughs) Or he plays like a real, just old racist guy who's mad that you know the things they are changing. Like I want heaven back the way it was when I was a boy. Like that scene where he's like showing the kid, like he's playing trumpet with the kid or whatever. He knows everyone. Also, I love great scene. I love his line. He has a repeat line where he, whenever he knows someone's name, they're like, "How do you know?" And he goes, "Eh, "You look like a so and so." I'm like, "What a great line! What a great like Christopher Walken affectation of like, "Eh, you look like a so and so." And then yeah, but also they give Walken so many fun things to do, right? So it's like he walks in and he's kind of like. You know, tricking guards, putting him to sleep, getting his info. He sees his friend. He puts his 
Uziel's body in a crucifix and lights him on fire, right? Yeah. And then we see he can keep people alive past when they're supposed to. So uh, he has a little servant for a while who gets killed in a trailer, right? I totally forgot about Adam Goldberg. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he gets killed, and he has a good moment where he's just like, thank you for releasing me, which adds to kind of the depravity of Gabriel's character. Yeah. Or Gabriel, as we understand him. But one of the coolest scenes is he goes into a hospital, and he's looking for someone about to die. He brings this woman back, and then this is where we get the best Walken scene in the movie, which is at the diner. (laughs) <laughs> so he walks into the diner with a woman who's clearly fucked up yeah. in like a hospital gown and she's just barely together at all. She's like a subhuman, right? Just cause he can't drive. Yeah. That's what we learned. He's like, I don't want to fly, which he can clearly do. He's like, I can't drive. And then the lady, oh my God, the that was diner, the best line. He's like, I can't drive. I'm like, Oh my God, are you yeah. fucking for real? This is amazing. That's another thing a soul can do, right? Is it lets us be depraved. <laughs> he, he can be racist. So that's not it. It's right. depravity and driving. But then the, the lady at the diner doesn't even flinch. She just gives him directions and whatever. She doesn't ask if the lady's in trouble. No. And and I love that because you're like, you could do almost an entirely another like vignette indie, which is just that woman's day and the bullshit that she sees yeah. and puts up with. It's like, who comes through there? Walk in. It's like Rucker Hauer from The Hitcher's been in that diner. Like well, she has seen some shit. I love the whole thing that he can only, he can only like resurrect people that are almost dead. Like, Adam Goldberg tries to kill himself and he's almost dead. And then he brings him back. And then Amanda Plummer is like a terminally ill woman who's almost dead and gets brought back. And she literally is like right. sobbing the entire time. She's like, no, no. <laughs> and he's like, now don't start with that. That's like the best part. Of he's just like, I but can't. That's the thing. She's crying. And he's like, don't you fucking start. Don't you start. And the, the waitress never even thinks like, mm, he might be beating this lady. No, that, you know, and just like, plays it off it's such a fucking funny and weird and creepy scene that every, uh, every just, time it's a perfect little microcosm of what this movie does well like it every time someone takes the lord's name in vain i love his like i've had enough with the profanity i'm like god this is so great <laughs> he it's it's one of those performances of his and this movie spawned a series i think there's yeah there's four f- four of them yeah i think he was in three he's in three of them and the fourth one's different but yeah, I mean, I've watched the others. Like he, he liked this role. This yeah. is a role that he's great at. It's a great. And I, I don't think he gets remembered enough as this. Um, I wrote down this is a new thing we'll do on the show. Dope trope. Uh, <laughs> when they go to the trailer and the little girl's just drawing horrific crayon drawings of murders <laughs> in <laughs> in the Korean War. I was like, I love every movie they do it in like The Ring and shit like that, where it's like a little kid uh, just draws horrific murders. Oh, nice. <laughs> I actually it's like we can't tell there's something wrong just because she's like speaking in tongues or whatever. We have to see the crayon murder. <laughs> that's how you know shit is. That's real. how you know shit's real. There's another. So dope, we're going to go whoop whoop dope trope. I actually have another dope trope <laughs> from this movie that I've seen in I think almost every single one of the uh, movies we've seen so far, which is if it's in the 90s, there's always some sort of I actually wrote in my notes. If there isn't a darkened alley in a 90s action movie, that movie is complete bullshit. <laughs> Like that should be every movie. That's life. A brother. completely like a completely out of context darkened alley. Someone's just walking through. You're like, yeah, sure, why not? That's you know, whatever. You gotta you know do how it. you separate from the crowd though. You you rise above the trope. You put a man perched on a traffic cone. <laughs> put a man perched, and on then you give artistic cone. meaning to that dark. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Uh oh my god. There's just so much great walking in this period. Uh, they actually release a concept in this, which I thought was fucking cool, right? When Walken's kind of giving him the business. Yeah. He reveals that 
the human should actually want him to win, right? Mm-hmm. That since the war, heaven has been closed. Well, no, isn't that a... That I, I thought that was Vigo Mortensen he, who said that. Oh, is it Vigo who unveils so, that? Yeah, so, someone unveils that, so right? So v- Vigo that, shows up as Lucifer yeah, to... to Satan. Vigo Mortensen is Satan. Like, what a fucking also, cherry awesome. on the Sunday. He's so great. Yeah, so Vigo Mortensen pops up to uh, bippy-topped Virginia Madsen. And he's like, he's also perched and he's like, hey, guess what? You idiots are, uh, you know, heaven's been closed. You guys all like sit there in the wormy earth. Some of you guys come to me, but like, you know, in general, heaven's closed, though. I don't know what you guys are fighting for. Yeah. And it's kind of a, a, a huge concept that they glaze over a little bit of where are the good people. Right. Do, it's a big revelation. The only the escape or we kind of lost in this. This between realm, what does that even look like? Why right. is God not doing anything about this? Um, it's one of those kind of like huge concepts that could be its own thing. Oh, yeah. That kind of gets lost in the deluge. But it it, it it adds a level of craziness to this movie. And it, it makes, again, that we hung the lantern early in the movie of why doesn't God just stop this? Right. And then this is another one of those where you're like, God, what the fuck are you doing, dude? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, you only rested on the seventh day. Get your ass up and help. Yeah, let's go. Let's <laughs> like, eight. Let's go, guy. Come on. Yeah, so it... it. But it's great, though, because then you... Gabriel can even... His disgruntledness becomes more... Right. Um, He has that great line where he's like, God doesn't talk to me anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's as far away from God as us who are not even getting into heaven anymore. That was another great it reveal. It makes Satan more fucking diabolical and, and relatable Absolutely. In a weird way. There's a lot of, like, really good big picture stuff that is kind of washed away in the the visual craziness of what yeah. happens at the it all gets kind of glazed over by like kind of what's going on as especially as like things progress with that little girl who uh ends up going to like ends up going to like the reservation because the whole <laughs> the whole like last third of the movie takes place on an indian reservation where they take her to a shaman to like basically exercise the demon of this korean war vet who's a total creep um but yeah, like Vigo Mortensen shows up and then kind of just remains present, which is pretty cool, by the way. Like I really dig. Yeah. Like he does. Such he a- actually has a hand in the game. He's yeah. working against Gabriel. That's the other thing too. Is like he literally walks up and he goes, he he tells Gabriel like because Gabriel's like, how come you're not with us? He goes, uh, one hell, two hells is one hell too many. There's only one motherfucker. Yeah. There's only one motherfucking head yeah. lead, and that's me. Like yeah. Uh, some other things they do well in this part too, right? I like the um. The Kotia's character, right? The damn priest who refuses to take his gun but picks up his word again. Yeah. Right? That's his weapon. This un... What he decides is he's going to show Gabriel the flaw, right? The, the, this is one of the concepts of Christianity, right? Is that there's a, a God-shaped hole in all of us. Right. That can't be filled. He's going to show Gabriel that he has that too. And by making him uncertain, that's where he can uh, defeat him. Yeah, totally. Um. But it just it works as a very cool visual storytelling element, right? Is that this guy's like guns don't help me. His new career doesn't help me. He has to go back and regarner his faith, you know, as a shield. And it's it just it visually worked for me. I thought it was a really cool touch. Um and plus just the concept of making an angel lose faith, right? Yeah. Um Yeah, it's just it's it's another one of those hang the lantern moments, right? Where it's, Gabriel, if you want this so bad and you think you're right, why don't you ask God? Yeah. 
There's a lot of really God doesn't good... talk to me anymore. And so it's like you hang a lantern on what we're all thinking, then you give us a fucking badass answer. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, to me, it just works. It all works. It's very cleverly I crafted. I mean, what's great is the lantern gets hung and then it totally gets fucking paid off at the end. Like, this movie just has so many of these great little... It's it's one of those great little... It's not even... I mean, it's really not a horror movie, but it also works really well. Yeah, I kind of think of it as an action flick. Yeah, like this religious action movie that has a lot of great, like, heady, interesting concepts to it that are worth exploring. Again, like, God... Like, heaven being closed is an incredible idea. Like It's insane, right? That's an that the incredible war never notion. stopped and we've all been spending all this time for what? Like ask every Christian like would you still be down if you knew that let's say God and all that shit existed but there was no pearly gates for right. you. You just were going to be a nothingness like atheists believe. Like would you still follow? That's a huge fucking concept in what is a creed music video style <laughs> action movie. It is. It's crazy, but so the movie gives you tons of fun Big concepts to ponder. Great fucking performances. A Walken performance for the age. Vigo's great. I'm pretty sure Vigo um, is now my f- second favorite Lucifer, only behind Peter Stormar in Constantine. Like, that is still my favorite, yeah. but Vigo... V- it's v- not necessarily Satan, but Tim Curry in Legend. Yeah, that's like also pretty great. Always been way up there for me. Vigo has that great line. that there's a, Vigo has two great lines the first time he reveals himself to Virginia Madsen, because he says that... Like he's like, I would lay you out and put stuff your mouth with your mother's feces. I'm like, oh my god! Did you just say he was gonna shit in that lady's mouth? Yep. You're like, this is why you live far from God. Yep. This is why you're far away. But then the other one. Uh, he- but then this is the thing too. <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. The other one that he has though is when he she asks, she just asks him. She's like, are you an angel? And he goes, I was the first, the most loved, but like love. And then he sings that like little country line. Like I'm like, yeah. Fuck, dude. That is tight. Yeah, so we I don't but that's what I mean. You get these great style performances, yeah. these great big concepts. This is an amazing movie for movie quotes. Yeah. Right? And then what they're like, you know what? But we need to pay this off a little bigger. So we go God and Gabriel or Lucifer and Gabriel close up. We get a heart rip. Oh, uh yeah. we get the little girl exploding into a pillar of fire that goes up into a sky where we see the angelic host yeah. is flying over. So you just see like an army of angels flying. Uh, we get an exorcism essentially in that scene. Walken enters the building by getting crushed by a truck through a wall. Yeah. And the people never stop chanting. So they're just like, big payoff, big payoff, big payoff. And then Vigo just mowing the heart as humans watch. Oh, that is awesome. They're like, oh, that guy kind of saved us and he's on our side. Yay. With that, li- with that little fucking henchman walking on. Like, that's my favorite. The little- oh, my God. I forgot about the that- fucking, like, centibrate. Yeah, the little ce- yeah, the little oh. centibrate Fifi. Like, he's just wa- he's just sitting yeah. there and just like. The Fifi monk. Yeah, gross. What oh. do you think Satan's done to that guy? <laughs> I mean, he is not looking good. No, he's had some he's had some rough days for sure. That's probably what you look like if you hang out with Eric Saltz long enough. <laughs> I mean, there's no better... Untrustworthy. The least trustworthy angel in that movie is definitely Eric Stoltz. Oh, Eric Stoltz for sure. Like, he is... In that movie, I wonder if he got to the... uh, I wonder if they got to the premiere and they were watching it and he goes, holy shit, everyone's going to think I'm a diddler after this movie. I'm a diddler. And then they give him that heroic, like, you're old school tough. You're old school tough. I like you. You're a good guy. You won't crack. And you're like, he's he's not a good guy. He's not a good guy. He is not as good. Not as good of an angel as he could Pretty sure he's a diddler. In a movie of bad angels, you have managed to be the creepiest. 
That's a fact. <laughs> in a movie about angels who are trying to subvert heaven and bring hell to earth, you have totally fucked up. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Walken openly is like, I'll rip her apart. You'd never understand. It's for the greater good. Stoltz is kind of like, come here, little baby. Let's have a secret. I've got candy in this uh, mafia matrix trench coat. Let's go. <laughs> Very <laughs> uncomfortable. I think that's what we learned is that uh, maybe Eric Stoltz is the little Fifi of uh, Lucifer. Oh, that could be it. I, there's a line that... That would be a fitting place for him to end. There's a really great line that Christopher Walken has after he gets like ejected from that car that Amanda Plummer's driving where he gets like, why are you fighting me, Thomas? You live like a king. You eat ice cream every day. I'm like, what the... F-? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? Yes, that's oh a great line. He... It's just perfect. This is one of those movies, it's so often overlooked. I think there's... I think maybe stylistically it struck people as a little more lowbrow or cheesy than perhaps it was. Again, it, it there are parts of it that look like a Creed music video. Sure, I get it. Absolutely. Uh, but this movie, the elements that make this thing sing, right? Uh, you know, I love the concepts. There's a lot of good pondering. The visuals are stellar. The performances are excellent. Yep. And I mean, it just, it pays off in a big way. It has, it's one of the most quotable movies I've watched in a long time. Uh, to me, the 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 sum of all of its parts do not even equal how great and entertaining this movie becomes. Yeah, I mean, all the parts are so great and they all congeal so well. Like that's the alchemy we're talking about in this movie. Is like there's so many elements that totally should not work. Like yes, it looks like a fucking Creed music video, and it's Christopher Walken like totally unhinged. Like there's yeah. so like many the big concept of it should be pulled apart by like anyone who has a base level of the Bible and they just <laughs> hang the lanterns until they find the way out of that problem. There's so it's many, amazing. there's so many cor- like things in this movie that could get misconstrued as corny, but this is the alchemy. Like that Vigo Mortensen, that first scene where he's with Virginia Madsen should be the most corny out of context thing in a movie. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, but he like starts talking and in context of the movie, you're like, man, I have seen some fucked up shit at this point. And then you see him show up and he even like, he like maws at that little Fifi of his and you're like, holy shit. Like what is going yeah. on? And he finally like sort of starts talking like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, and I mean, at the end of the day, anytime you get a chance to see a guy like Christopher Walken as gifted as he is, and one of his great gifts is he just is, by his very nature, unusual. Yes. You don't know anyone like Christopher Walken, for sure. You might think you do. You've never met a guy like that. And there's something visually about him and the way he talks and his cadence. Everything about him is just a little off. Yeah. And to see a guy like that get to use that you know, innate gift to yeah. the extreme in a movie like this, you know, especially a movie that's this fun. Right. I mean, goddamn, that's worth the price of admission every time. Well, I think that's another thing too. Is like we're also sorry, used- sorry for that, Gabriel. I didn't mean it. Sorry for saying Jesus. That's enough with the profanity. <laughs> no, but like, don't lock me. Don't lock me in a storeroom with Eric Stoltz, God, please. <laughs> but there's so much about this that's like we're so used to seeing Christopher Walken older and kind of like that. Yeah, like we know he kind of does these goofy things, but. When you caught him, like, and even in 95, he was still older, but, like, when you caught him when he was younger doing movies like this and being a part of this, like, I think about, like, even Annie Hall, his thing in Annie Hall, The Dead Zone, like, him doing this kind of thing, this is what he does so well. Like, he's not just a goofy old guy. Like, he is 
fucking an incredible actor. And for him to be kind of let loose in this kind of movie is what's really so great about it. Well, it's like when you saw him in Sleepy Hollow for a scene and you're like, yeah, visually this works for me. But this is like giving him. The yeah, meat, this right? is giving him the meat and the potatoes of the scene as well. It's really cool. Yeah, it's just it's a great movie. It's so fun. Um, it has great concepts. Like Everything about this movie works for me. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's a there are little bits about like the actual overall you know, mission of Gabriel and this and that. It's it's a bit convoluted, like the jump out to the desert. Sure. Okay, but does that stuff derail it at all? No. no. A lesser movie with a less with a lesser cast? Like, yeah, that could completely like you're, you know, shifting into later acts and you're just moving locations and adding people willy nilly, whatever. It doesn't hurt this movie at all. Right. This movie it's not about where we're at, it's about who's on the screen. Mm-hmm. And they're always great. Everyone who's on the screen is great in this yeah. movie. Strong cast really carries a movie that otherwise probably would fail pretty epically. But I mean, honestly, I would count this among one of my favorite religious horror movies. Like those are the kind of movies that really scare the shit out of me and really kind of get the juices going. And this is the kind of movie I would be watching on my own regardless. Like if you're into yeah. this kind of thing, and honestly, I am not a lot of the time. But this is the kind of movie where you could watch and see some really heady shit that maybe you weren't expecting. But also, yeah, it's a little corny, but really cool. Really cool. Yeah, and I think they they one of the better decisions they make is they don't veer all the way into religious horror. No. They toe the line. Like, it definitely has horrific elements. But it plays more like an action detective movie, right? So it'll feel more familiar and not as... Um, threatening to an audience that doesn't love horror movies so it lets you come in and have the fun of this these darker philosophical debates of religion yeah without having to endure things like the exorcist is really in your fucking face right and if you're a religious person that might be something that you can't partake in it's just too much right so this one gives you that opportunity and gives you kind of a fun action police thing but also, it, it you know, if you bought it for the horror elements, you get your money's worth there as well. Right. I think it's easier to sit here and talk and expound upon certain elements, particularly when it comes to the religious aspects of the movie, because they don't focus. It's it's a fo- it's a focus that takes you through the narrative and doesn't slow down to talk about it. Like yeah, it's a it's a quick glance, and then they're expecting you to kind of pick up the pieces on your own. That's the kind of movie you should always want to watch. Movies that aren't just going to spoon feed you what you need to know. You want a movie that's going to give you the elements you're going to need to put your own dots together and make a bet. That's what makes a better movie. That's really the alchemy we're always looking for in these kinds of things. Exactly right. Guys, I hope you loved The Prophecy as much as we did. That's a fucking big, huge thumbs up from both of us. Huge. Uh, I've always loved this movie. I'm really glad we got to talk about it. Um, Hopefully you guys will go. And honestly, I liked part two, part three. They're just kind of fun. They get a little more um, campy, <laughs> uh, but it, it's still a good time, man. And you still get Walken as an angel. That He's an angel to us on this show. Hard always. to pass up, always. Yeah, so guys, uh, as always, this is the part where I have to ask you, please rate and review the show. Is a newer podcast. That helps us out enormously. Um, but what you can really do to help us grow, man, what we need are more alchemists in the, the dungeon here. So if you guys know someone who might like the movie The Prophecy that you just watched, share this with them. Watch it with them. Listen to this with them. Uh, let's try to bring them in, guys. 
As always, send us your ideas for what movies you want next. The more you guys help take ownership over this, the more we get the content we all really want to do. And also, rate and review and subscribe for this. Or you will be visited by Simon the Diddler for sure. You don't want to wake up with Eric Stoltz in your room just because you're a bad pod listener. Do you want a long-haired Eric Stoltz looking like Scott Stapp standing over you trying to kiss you? No, you don't. That's how you wind up with it. So rate and review this show. Be our friend. Yeah, if you don't help us, not only God won't talk to you, but we won't either. Which probably, I don't don't know, might might work out for you for all I know. It sounds strong. I hope the threat stands. It sounds good. (laughs) That's it, guys. We'll catch you next time. Peace, bitches.